Now, Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And welcome to TalkZone.com. Two guys at a mic back at you on a beautiful Thursday here in the fine city of Chicago. Thank you so much for joining us. Lots to talk about. we got a big sports weekend coming up. We are full right smack in the middle of the beginning of March Madness. And now the big dog and the coach will be here to talk some college hoops and other activities over the next hour. Big dog Joel Radwanski checking in via his palatial estate out in Aurora, Illinois. Big Dog, how are you, my friend? Uh, doing fantastic, Coach. It is absolutely gorgeous out today. I want to take advantage of this beautiful day. Definitely playing catch with the baseball sometime this afternoon. Are you going to do it by yourself, or do you actually have a partner to play catch with? Uh, you, you know, Coach, I, I do live <laughs> at the United Nations Aurora Division. Okay. I will probably play catch with either my Asian roommate or my Mexican roommate. Very, very difficult because you've got like five nationalities there. So when you go out and, and you know, split up and play a game or something, you probably got like 16 different rules that you have to apply. So it's tough for you. You can't just go out and play catch. We play, we play by American rules, Coach. That's the one thing about a baseball glove and a ball. You always have to defer to the American in that mm-hmm. situation. It's, it's awful nice. Maybe that's what we should do with the real United Nations. Is have everybody come in with a baseball mitt. They'd have to do it the way we wanted mm-hmm. to do it. Maybe that would be a getting away uh, for the health care situation to be passed with the increasingly wide divide between the Republicans and the Democrats. Maybe it's a simple joke. And I don't solving simple, just go out, have a Republican and Democrat play a game of catch. Might be that simple. Well, you know what? As somebody who is uh, uninsured right now, mm-hmm. I would have to say the best thing that all of us that are in this particular boat, like myself, is mm-hmm. eat healthy, exercise, and please don't get sick ever. Seriously, that's basically yes. your only option right now. And also, don't play catch with a uh, Indian roommate who's never played baseball before. That could be dangerous to your health. I do not have an Indian roommate. I do have a Pakistani roommate, yeah. Mahmoud, Close. and I Mahmoud. will not play with him. But, Coach, he is always talking about cricket. It's the real man's game. It's a gentleman's game. Uh-huh. He's like, Joel, anytime you have 75 hours that you have nothing to do, let's go play it. <laughs> you know, of course, he does it in his beautiful Pakistani, you know, uh, uh-huh. accent, which I don't, you know, Joel, beautiful game. You know, so it's, uh, but, yeah, I don't like to bring up baseball around my movie ever. <laughs> a lot of people are here are giving up cricket and picking up bocce ball instead. Oh, I love bocce ball. Yeah. I absolutely love bocce ball. I've been playing it for years. Good folks. I mean, I've been in like tournaments for bocce ball. Coach. My issue with bocce ball, and what a way to start off our two guys at a Mike Sports Talk Show. Hard-hitting sports only here on the TalkZone.com. My problem with bocce ball is if curling's in the Winter Olympics, why isn't bocce ball in the Summer Olympics? Well, really, they're the same game played by the same people. You can just replace the carpet with the ice. In a broom with, uh, you know, a beer mug, and you basically got the same game. Coach, you're exactly right. The only difference is the latitude you are in the world. You know what I mean? Yes. If you're over the 49th parallel, you're playing, mm-hmm. you're a curler. If you're below it, you're a bocce ball player. It's the platitude of your latitude. That's the key question. But uh, see if you're with me here. Bocce ball, I, I very much enjoy the game, but Love it. the sterility of the game of bocce ball is starting to take place here in the fine Midwest, anyways, I can't speak for the whole United States. And now they have these like indoor bocce ball, I don't want to call them sports bars, but you know, maybe a bowling 
bocce ball place with a perfectly carpeted, thinly cut astroturf bocce ball court. That's not bocce ball. You got to no, get no, out. No, 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 that is not bocce ball. Thank you. I got to tell you something. Uh, my best friend Sonny Nuccio has his own bocce ball court in his backyard. Okay, coach. Yes. And it is perfectly manicured, and it's made with that fine white gravel. Mm-hmm. Okay. He goes out there and manicures the thing by himself before the tournament. It's a thing of pride for him. You got to see this court. It's beautiful. What is it like a nine? Astro turf, nothing. It's, I mean, it's made with. It's like. That thing gets bumpy. You drop the ball, coach. There's an indentation right there in the ground. You know what I mean? It's like so a, you have to manicure it. It's it's, it's an official bocce court, just like they have back in uh, Sicily, coach. Is it a nine hole or eighteen hole bocce ball course? Uh, it's the official length. What it's like seventy five <laughs> feet long or whatever the heck it's supposed to be. Okay. Is there like, like bumps in it? See, I think you need hills and bumps and divots. That's the way I I grew up in the streets playing bocce ball. You know, it's all fun if you want to talk about, like, miniature golf and Sunday neutral. The problem is you're handing a young man a club. And he's older now, you mm-hmm. know, a couple heart attacks. So I doubt he's as destructive as he used to be. But yes. So you used to hand that guy a club. Mm-hmm. Things are going to get broke. Mm-hmm. And hopefully it wasn't bone. You know, it was a good game with a club that you got. It was a great revenge game. I don't know if it, I haven't played it for a long, long time, but croquet. I, I thought you were going to say, you know what? My grandparents had a set. <laughs> And I never played it. No one ever taught me the rules. I kind of know how to play just so you, watching it, but wow. don't know the rules. You have never in your life uh, done the croquet stick? I would love to. I wow. mean, I've hit the balls around my grandma's backyard, but uh-huh. no one ever told me, like, the rules. Well, you know, and I, I haven't played a long, long time, and I couldn't tell you all the rules, but I will tell you there, there's a part in the game where if your ball is, like, next to the other guy's ball, you can put your foot on your ball. Okay, and then yeah. take the mallet and whack it as hard as you can on your ball. The collision then explodes into your opponent's ball, and uh-huh. you send it like two houses over to the the uh, next door neighbor's house. It is a great revenge game. Then of course, when he gets his ball back, he tries to do the same thing for you. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. That's now, on the other hand, if you swing the mallet and hit your foot instead of the ball, that can be a little bit painful, especially to a guy who has no health insurance like yourself. So yeah. I would not recommend uh, playing croquet until you're fully health covered. Yeah, I, that's the ultimate revenge. Now, now, and obviously, if you're talking about the, you know, bocce ball has always been like the, like a, <laughs> a what do you call it, a niche group, coach, and it's always yes. been around and it always will be around. Yeah, kind of but an annoying always, niche, by the way. It's an annoying niche. What's wrong with yeah, us? Yeah, the people that play play bocce ball. What's wrong with us? What's wrong I with us? It, yeah, it's me. I've played a bunch of times. I get in tournaments, coach. All right, blue-collar bocce ball I can handle. It's the white-collar bocce ball. It's the bocce people that take their sport just a wee bit too serious. Those are the ones that I would label under uh, A for annoying. Well, you, you might need to go to a, a Sunny Nucho-hosted bocce ball event, coach, because <laughs> I would think you would find yourself. Those are the type of people that don't take anything too seriously besides raising their children. Other than that, everything uh-huh. else is pretty much, you know, what uh uh, pretty good time, uh, but if there's always, like so now it's bags is the number one. But there's always a different number one. Like bocce's always been there. I remember when I was growing up, uh, it seemed like everybody played jerks for like three years. So that stupid game until like all of a sudden there was like a like a month where like eight people died around the country of getting hit in the head with a jerk. You remember that? I do, and I will tell you this: there was a period of my life, post college, pre getting a real job. When I got semi-addicted to jarts, don't knock it until you try it. There's something about flinging that weighted thing up in the sky and getting it land right in the bullseye. 
I got. I have to admit, for a while, I was addicted to jarts. No, no, I, I was never allowed to throw one because by the time they were wiped off the map, it yep. was like I was like eight. <laughs> and that's seriously, people. If, if you know, if you're under thirty, you probably don't even know what coach and I are talking about. Mm-hmm. But it was basically a dart, but it was a yard dart, and you would, they were big. They it, it was like the difference between like a, a mosquito. And a bird, okay, <laughs> and you threw these things in your backyard, and you try to get a land in the, in the grass. Mm-hmm. Now you know it's it's interesting. We're bringing this up in our daily quandary today. We'll throw it out to our listeners. Uh, it's triple... almost spring, coach. Huh? It's almost spring. We can oh, yeah. be out in the backyard playing. Oh yeah. Well, that that's how this conversation started. It's going to be up to a nice high of forty eight degrees, a little oh. sunshine action out in the beautiful city of Chicago. Spring fever starting to creep in after three and a half months of ugly winter. Absolutely. Triple eight four six three sixty seven forty eight. The phone number again eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. We'll throw it out to our listeners. Uh, favorite backyard back well, what would you call it backyard game is that what we're talking about favorite oh, yeah, recreational yeah, game you, yeah you do with like uh with your friends family mm-hmm. and stuff out in the backyard All right. and we do this we haven't mentioned this now and i'm looking through my um local paper i know the one paper had it i can't find it now maybe producer extraordinaire randy myers or our female intern uh, no squeeze of louisa say hi to louisa by the way hey what's up louisa that's not going to work, I can tell you that. Well, I try something different every day, Coach. No. You, you don't, you, you I guarantee you but you invite Louise over for a little bocce ball right now, and she's not taking. You're going to have to do better than that. Maybe all fair you can work a little magic. I got steak. But uh, I believe I read in one of my other local papers, as you know, doing tremendous research for the show about six minutes before the show, that the inventor of the Frisbee, see if you can check this out, Ray. I think the guy who invented the Frisbee passed away yesterday. As you know, Big Dog, I'm a regular reader of the obits. It's sickening, to be quite honest with you. What, did I read? Are you comparing your own in your head versus everyone you read? Well, no. Number one, I'm, you know, it's a, it's a fascination thing. I'm looking for, you know, famous people or, uh, yeah, famous people that have passed away. Number two, you'd be surprised as we get off topic, topic even further. You'd be surprised how motivational. The obituary page can be. You read some of the stories of people that have passed away, not necessarily the famous people, but some of the, uh, you know, people that have flown under the radar, a professor here, a nurse at this particular hospital, how inspirational their lives have be, uh, become. Don't don't knock it till you try to big deal. You're feeling down sometime. You're feeling a little depressed. The best way to get yourself up is to read the obituary page. Are you serious? <laughs> I couldn't think of anything worse. It it sounds a little ironic, but, but believe it or not, there's some truth there. Uh, I will I will give it a try one day. Okay. But luckily today I feel chipper. Yeah. And then third, by the way, when you reach my age, the third reason you read the obituary pages is you're looking for classmates or people that you know that passed away, sadly. Oh, uh, well, that I am not looking forward to, no. Coach. But luckily we have uh, Facebook. So mm-hmm. anytime anything happens to anybody, mm-hmm. you know, I, it gets blurted in my face 18 times a day. So. Yeah. You're on my, you know, and I, I'm a Facebook beginner, but your uh, ugly mug is starting to show up on my Facebook page, and I can't quite figure out why. I've tried to erase it, but it's not working. Okay, you can hide me, Coach. I can? Yeah, you can. How do I do that? Um, next time I <laughs> click on it, like, like my face clicks up on your, your, you can click on options. Okay, just click on it. And it can say hide or remove. Okay. And you can remove me, so I, like you don't have to deal with my stuff well, when I send it out. I don't want to remove you, but hiding you does bring up a certain fascination. If I yeah, hide you, just you. Would, no, you just would, I, in, all, in order for you to know anything that I was doing, I would have to directly contact you, like send you a message that way. No, I don't want that to happen. 
Now we're even getting so closer. So then you just erase me off of your contact list, and then you can just not worry about, about me whatsoever. Can I? Can I? What, is there a thing I can hit in the options to read your comments, but can it block out your picture? <laughs> I hate to tell you, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's that sophisticated right. with just, applications. Just thought yet. I'd take a shot at it. Anyhow, we'll talk some sports, but uh, in the background, our daily quandary in honor of the young man who passed away, the creator of the frisbee. Do we have it up there, Randy? Do you know his name? Is his huh? name Frisbee? His name his, was his not name Frisbee. Like, Crapper, like John Crapper, the guy who invented no. the Crapper? <laughs> Seriously, you know, that's there it is. Did you hear that, Big Dog? No. Okay. You can. Uh, uh, producer extraordinaire Randy Myers saying it is Walter Frederick Henderson Morrison, and he did pass away yesterday? Ah! Walter Frederick Henderson yep. Morrison. My God, the guy's got a tongue twister as a name. And I, I believe, I are you ready for this? I think the story, and again, my memory not great, but I think that he invented the Frisbee or got the idea from it, uh, from the bottom of pie pans. You know the aluminum that can support the pie sometimes? This does it, sound familiar. And I think, like, yeah. he did something wrong. His grandma picked it up, flung it at him. And it hit him in the head, and then he decided to make uh, one of the Ding. greatest toys of all time. Ding. Correct, boy wonder. Yeah, that's exactly right. Maybe the ultimate beach or backyard toy, the Frisbee. But uh, favorite game, we've already mentioned bocce ball. We have mentioned jarts. We've talked about croquet, the great revenge game. Shocking revelation that my partner, Joel Radwanski, the good doctor, uh, the big dog, has never played a game of croquet. Already we've got three or four emails that people are uh, sending their sympathy into you. And one guy that wants to sell you health insurance, by the way. Oh, really? Okay, well, I, I don't want to buy health insurance. I want it attached to the job. So I'd rather have a job attached to that health insurance thing. So <laughs> how about that, Coach? Job first, health insurance second, huh? Yeah, how about that? Yeah. All right. We, uh, our producer, Randy Myers, is saying, uh, what about badminton is one of your top backyard games? Laugh, if you will, badminton? Mm -hmm. I would rate one of the more underrated sports. Actually, a lot of fun. Hey, Coach, you know, here's the best way for me to describe how I feel about badminton. I, I played linebacker, Donners Grove North, and tight end. I love linebackers that play badminton. Continue your story. Well, t Tim Lang was my position coach. Tim Lang was also like, the strength and conditioning coordinator for the Texas Rangers and for DePaul University. And that was, you know, so the guy knows what he's doing. He was Donners Grove North's badminton coach. Okay. <laughs> okay, you know what I'm saying? This guy was a big, bad dude. I mean, he, I would be frothing at the mouth. Uh -huh. when I, you know, with this guy. He was also the badminton coach. <laughs> I would play with him. Uh, you remember Butler, my buddy Butler? He's about 360 I've, pounds at the time. I've met Butler before. He might have the largest neck of any man I've ever met. Well, when I was at McMurray, Butler, 360 pounds, and his big son, uh, Ben Rothfuss Butler, which he calls his son. <laughs> his son, by the way, is legitimately in the top 99.9 .9 percentile for size. Was right like now, four, he's like what, five years old or something? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, and he looks like he's nine years mm -hmm. old. Seriously. Right. He, uh, well, we would play badminton against the, the badminton girls at our school. I'm not kidding you, Coach. We would play them all, and we would win 95% of the time. They, at first, all the girls thought they were going to kill Butler and me because it looked like a bunch of – I was like a doofus, and he was <laughs> 360 pounds. Uh-huh. I got to tell you something, those girls ended up hating us, but we, like, elevated their game. I love the game of badminton, Coach. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not kidding. It is so it, it's so quick, you would never think it was a quick game. Yeah, it develops, I would think, from a strength and fitness and conditioning uh, coach's standpoint. If nothing else, it develops quick reactions, that eye-hand coordination from an extremely quick standpoint, right? 
Yeah, when I when I did the first time Butler and I played, we played the best two girls on the team for a book of like the back that McMurray used to do the the food stamps. Not like for the, the students got a certain amount of uh, like money worth of food, and we used to get a whole booklet, a booklet of twenty five dollars to last like a girl like two weeks. It would last Butler and I about a two days. Okay. <laughs> So we risked one of these, and I'm like, man, you better be good at this. You know, and actually, he was better than me, coach. It was it was pretty funny. But as a linebacker, uh-huh. you have to stop, start, start, you know, and do, and that's exactly what you do at badminton. And believe it or not, an off-season hobby game for a NFL linebacker should mm-hmm. be badminton, and I'm not kidding. There it is, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, linebackers playing badminton right on the top of our topic discussion for today's show. That could be the heading if you go to the talkzone.com website. Again, our phone number here, 888-463-6748. Emailer, leave it to meet Cleaver, Big Dog, says, what about um, tetherball? What about um, tetherball? Yeah, that, that's, that's a great a game. Backyard game. I forgot about tetherball. I I never really got that because in my neighborhood, tetherballs lasted an hour. Otherwise, it was basically in our neighborhood a pole and a rope attached to it. Well, that's there was no ball ever attached to uh, it. <laughs> well, it kind of loses its effect if there's no ball at the end of the yeah, rope. The, the tether rope, not as much fun. You uh, know what I'm saying? Okay. So basically, it would be. Me grabbing the rope, running around in a circle, and eventually smashing into a pole. Okay. Well, you didn't, you didn't put, like, some small kid up there and just start whacking him around, did you? I was the smallest kid in the neighborhood, Coach. I was the one that usually got picked on. So You were a small kid? Big Dog, I've seen you. There's a lot of things you can say about you, a lot of adjectives to describe my good friend, the Big Dog. Small would not be in the top 412. Coach, when uh, when we did the communion thing in, in – uh, Basically, like this western suburbs thing, and it was all the kids that are in third grade mm-hmm. had a line up and uh, take communion, and they did it. We did it by size. Mm-hmm. All I know is my mom was like, "Thank God, there was over like fifteen hundred kids." Okay, and I was the first one. That's hard to believe. I was the smallest out of fifteen hundred third grade. That is hard to believe. So you were a late bloomer, late developer. Coach, when I played, when I was a okay, I was a freshman at, at Downers Grove North. I was like the smallest kid the whole entire school. Mm-hmm. And I played football. When I, then all of a sudden, I started growing my freshman year, and they ended up moving me up to varsity because I grew like eight inches in my. <laughs> By the way, for any of our uh, any of our uh, two guys that are Mike skeptics out there, it was all done legally with natural herbs and essence, correct? Yeah, I guarantee. Just if to I make sure we're out of way as a freshman in high school to okay. grow like eight inches in a couple months, mm-hmm. I would have I would have perfected that, and I would have kept on growing. I would. I wouldn't have stopped at six foot one, coach. All right, all right. We'll get back to some uh, actual sports, but uh, in honor of the uh, young man that passed away who invented the frisbee, we talked a little favorite backyard sports and uh, boy tetherball. That, that was a good one from uh, emailer. Leave it to Meat Cleavers becoming our favorite emailer. You want to send us some emails? You can do it at Mike Two Guys at AOL dot com. That's M I C and the number two Mike Two Guys AOL dot com. Show a little love out there for Leave It to Me, Cleaver, our favorite emailer, Joe. Uh, well, I appreciate uh, you emailing us, and uh, hopefully we can get a, a few more of those, Coach. So, and uh, the people can also follow us on Twitter, too. Is that right? Uh, I don't know if they can call us on Twitter, but we are Twitter efficient at Mike2Guys. Um, Twitter account. Mike2Guys at AOL.com, I guess you got to go to. Oh, really? Oh, okay. we don't just have it at, like, Twitter at two guys in the mic? It might be. I'm a little confused on the whole Twitter thing. We're on there, and we have a Twitter account. We send out tweets or twits. But I'm, I guess, are you asking if people want to find out 
What are... I'm on there now, Coach, and I've been having a very difficult time finding our tweet. Okay. What is your tweet? Joel Radwanski. How'd you come up with that name? It was very difficult. I decided <laughs> to go with that one. <laughs> Went through a marketing department, paid big bucks to come up with that one, huh? All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we got a little college hoops to talk about. A couple of big games yesterday. March Madness is upon us. We'll talk some NBA, too, and spring training baseball. The exhibition games have begun. Not sure who cares. Two guys in a mic. TalkZone.com. Back to Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. All right, we are back on Two Guys and a Mic. And again, our phone lines are open if you want to check in, talk some sports, jump off the sports page. You can do that, too. we got our daily quandary out there, your favorite backyard game, maybe one of the ones we mentioned, or... Maybe the one uh, we haven't thought of yet, or maybe a new game people aren't even aware of. So triple eight four six three sixty seven forty eight. The phone number, a big dog. We got some baseball notes, basketball notes here. I know you've got your own program research that you and your people have done over there. Where do you want to go first, baseball or basketball? I'll throw it out to you, uh, Coach. We can go anywhere you want to go. If you want to go women's basketball, we can talk that. Did you happen to see the punch that girl landed? You know, I didn't read about it, but as we were doing the open, and I was a little distracted because trying to concentrate on uh, bringing you in with a big introduction, I did see pictures of that. Tell me about it. Uh, this girl, Beth Greiner, who's okay. a Baylor University All-American, maybe not now because she's going to be suspended for the rest of the year. I mean, I didn't even hear what they're going to do, but she's obviously going to be suspended the rest of the year. Uh-huh. She uh, like got tangled up with a, a girl on the lane. You know, a foul was called. They separate, and as the girl's turning her back to her, this Beth Griner girl just turns around and punches this girl right in the face with a right hook. I mean, it was vicious. Did you say push? Vicious. Push or punch? Punch. Punch. I mean, it was a right hook. When you see it, it was like she was swinging her hips around because, and and she caught the girl blindsided. The girl wasn't looking. I mean, it was bad. It is nowhere near, but at least it ended there. It's nowhere near as bad as that girl. Who was it from? Uh, in soccer? Was it Utah or New Mexico or something? In soccer. Yeah, yeah. I that, it was, that was, I was going to bring that up. What was that about? Maybe about five, six weeks ago. And Was it New Mexico versus BYU? You know what? I, I, soccer I, uh, tournament game? Can't remember the team. Can't. I can picture the young lady. I can't remember her name, but that was unbelievable. And that wasn't just one punch. That was three or four flagrantly dirty incidents. No, 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 it wasn't three or four. It was more. It was like fifteen. What that girl did throughout that game. That was a million times worse than. Even though 
no punch that that girl threw in the soccer field is worse than that. Mm-hmm. I can see somebody doing something stupid and throwing a punch like Legaria Blunt. Mm-hmm. Okay. At least she stopped. But that girl, that girl should be kicked out of uh, all collegiate sports forever, the soccer girl. Yeah. And if you, if you, we can probably find out what it was. All you got to do is YouTube crazy soccer bitch, and, and it'll come right <laughs> up, Coach. Seriously. <laughs> that girl, her whole biography will come up. You Don't. find out she's really a nice girl. She goes to the girls and sisters club. You know, mm-hmm. and, you know what I mean? She she does charity work. Yeah, but on the soccer field, she tries to destroy oh, people. Oh, man. Lives, you know? I remember when the girl wasn't looking at her and elbow right in the small of the back, and then the most flagrant of all was the yeah. pulling of the ponytail, right? Yeah, yeah. You know what? No, I, the ponytail and that, was really vicious, and yeah. that was the last one. But I think about it now. I think I would have rather got punched in the face by that girl mm-hmm. than the elbow in the back by that soccer player. Now that, Ooh, that the elbow in the el- back. Oh the boy, a hard elbow right. If you get it right in the right spot, yeah, in the exactly. small of the back, that sensitive area, we are talking a extreme amount of pain and uh, also a slight amount of pleasure. If I could add that, <laughs> but that's a whole other story. Boo hoo! You had me and then you lost me. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the most vicious when, when I say pull the ponytail, if people haven't seen that, they're thinking, "Oh, it couldn't have been that bad." Oh, you, it, you, it's you yanking it, the girls, you gotta see it. yanking the ponytail, literally ripping her to the ground via the ponytail on the hair. Yeah, that was just, a vicious takedown. Yeah, just imagine walking up behind a girl, grabbing her by the ponytail, and as hard as you can pulling down. And yeah. That's what happened. Yeah, all caught on camera, by the way. Yes. Uh, they did that camera did not leave that girl after the first incident. Seriously, mm-hmm. if you notice the camera work, if, they, if you watch the long version, mm-hmm. they're just doing the game and you see somebody go down, and then they go to that girl and then they just follow her for a half hour. And during that half hour, she just how, how she got away with all this, coach. That referee should have been fired immediately. I mean, really? I mean, one or two cheap shots, I understand it, but the coach is screaming about it the whole time, and they don't—he doesn't notice that she mm-hmm. picks away every girl on the field. Well, and to be fair, not just the rep, but you got the two uh, sideline judges too, who are supposed to be watching. Their, it's really their job to watch for the action away from the ball. Oh, I guess so. Yeah, because like the—I I really don't understand how they officiate soccer, but I guess like the referee basically just follows the ball mm-hmm. the whole time. Yes. Okay? And- and the two sideline guys watch for action away from the ball, and they're also the annoying ones that always raise the flag when there's an offsides. And the moment you think, maybe, maybe there's going to be an actual shot on goal, nope, whistle blows offsides. Now, does the instructor for those particular officials, guys, mm-hmm. got, everybody's got to go through school, Coach. Yes. You don't, you don't just get handed one of those prestigious No, guys. no, no, it's a tremendous okay. honor. So, can you imagine, okay, so you're running up and down the sidelines. Yep. Now, when you have to raise the flag, at the moment of the highest point of the flag, I want your hips at the utmost underneath you. <laughs> so your pelvis is pointing straight out. Have you noticed how they stand like that, Coach? Yeah, they, they do. Um, they're very formal, if I can put they, it that way. Yes. They kind of they push it out there, the uh-huh. male guys do. I don't understand. You're already raising the flag. What, el- what mm-hmm. other point are you trying to make with us? <laughs> The body language speaks many words, huh? Yes. And why do those guys always have a mustache? I have no idea, yeah. Coach. Well, <laughs> well, the way you're describing it, apparently we need more female sideline judges. It might improve the popularity of soccer. Yeah, Everybody would be rooting the emphasis, for the ball to go. Every, every, we'd all be rooting for the ball to go out of bounds. The, the emphasis <laughs> of the body point would be a little bit different in that particular instance. Stop shooting uh, on goal. Way, kick it out of bounds. I'm excited about soccer and uh, – I can't believe I just said that, but the U.S. lost uh, a heartbreaker to the Netherlands yesterday. Really? In a friendly. That was a friendly. Let you know. What they call a friendly, right? Kind of a preparation for World Cup soccer. They call it a 
quote-unquote friendly. I love when fights break out in a game that's a friendly. Well, it was well. Luckily, the U.S. lost because you know how the Holland fans are. They would have looted. They would have destroyed their whole their own country if they would have mm-hmm. tied the Americans. Mm-hmm. So, but okay, right. now we can. I guess we can move on to basketball or baseball. Well, yeah, you know, we bring up basketball right off the bat. You bring the fight, but uh, you bring up the fight or the punch, I should say, that happened yesterday. Real that's quick, that's vicious. It was. It was. Uh, it's definitely newsworthy, Coach. It was one of the worst punches I've ever seen in a woman's game ever. Uh, people want to YouTube that and watch your language. Now we are a family show. What might people YouTube to catch that? Oh, uh, Baylor University Griner Punch. Okay. G-R-I-N-E-R, women's basketball. Mm-hmm. She's from Baylor, so uh, I'm not sure if she was playing. I just saw the punch. I was like, oh, my goodness. So little public service announcement from your good friends at thetalkzone.com. If coach? you're going to go to YouTube, YouTube Joel Redwanski, Coach, please. What would be on there? There's all kinds of stuff. Have you ever done it yet? No. I'm making a okay, note right now. You know now. what is funny is because people now might be start listening to the show because I'm actually doing another radio show from for for the television show that we're trying to get sold about the uh-huh. uh, deadbeat parents. Okay. So we might get uh, just uh, just to let you know anybody who's listening to if we get somebody calling in about an angry mom or an angry dad mm-hmm. okay, that might be the, that might be what happens. So we're okay. going to have to calm these guys down. But we can catch some of the highlights if we go YouTube Joel Redwanski. Oh, absolutely. If you go AMWDTV, if you go AMWDeadbeats.com, uh-huh. you can see a lot of our outtakes. None of that stuff is actually going to be on the television show, but these are our outtakes. So mm-hmm. some people make fun of me because I'm not holding the the, the microphone right. Mm-hmm. Some other stuff that I'm not talking clearly, but whatever. Right. whatever. This well, is the stuff not going on in the television. But it's pretty funny, Coach. I promise you, you will laugh. We will check that stuff out. Uh, for sure, we'll have uh, No Squeeze of Louisa, I think, is looking on her computer right now and checking that out. Our... Obviously, I don't have to hit on her anymore. Uh, all i got to do is tell her that I'm going to be on television. I'll there it is. Already, like. you know, the previous three days, zero interest already. I think you piqued some interest with our female intern. Nicely done, big dog. And before we leave the uh, female basketball front, we can mention that uh, some of the women's college tournaments are starting this week. In fact, the Big Ten tournament today. And we should mention, we've given them a couple of mentions over the hoop season, but they truly are an amazing story. The University of Connecticut women, as we head into uh, March Madness, big dog, I think something like 68, 69 consecutive victories. They're going after UCLA's all-time win streak, which is, help me out, what, 80, 81? It's 88. 88. Yeah, man. And they were beat by the Digger Phelps led Notre Dame team. What a game. That, and Notre Dame was down by like 15 with like four minutes to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they're going after that record. So now they, they have tied the all time women's record, which Connecticut owns. Mm-hmm. And they're going for 71 soon. You know, if, if you think about it, coach, if they can go, if they can win the tournament this year, and then all they would have to, actually, all they would have to do. They have a chance to win 30 more games in a row is all I'm saying. Yeah, the biggest thing they need to – I think their star is Maya Moore. I think she's a junior. If they can keep her from jumping to the pros. And don't forget, in women's basketball, it's a lot easier because there's not the multimillion-dollar contracts that these players are going to get. If you're a Maya Moore, if you're the top player in women's basketball, now you can go to the WNBA and you get paid decently, but you're also playing in front of five or 6,000 fans. We're at Connecticut. Every game is a huge game sold out. What do they get at uh, Stores Athletic Convocation Center? They're about twelve, thirteen thousand. 
They they sell out, coach. They sell the, yeah. just as many people go to the women's game as the men's games in mm-hmm. Connecticut. It's the only university like that in America. So so it's not as is is uh, obvious for these star women players to jump to the pros. But if they can get her to stick around, Maya Moore, uh, you're right. They could easily break the great Johnny Wooden UCLA streak of '88. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I yeah I shouldn't say easily. Neither one of us should say easily, and we shouldn't say oh they'll get a hundred. Yeah, but you know I mean, coach, it, I, I, the odds. I mean, it's like a 50-50 chance, seriously, that they can get 100. I really think it's that great. You're talking about a team. They're, average, they're beating people 33 points a game. Mm-hmm. They, they have beaten everybody by at least 10 points, Coach, and 68 of the 70 wins so far, 68 of the 70 so far, the game was uh, not within 10 points with four minutes to go in the game. Wow. So That's, basically uh, 68 games were over yeah. with. And they're I mean, not exactly. Play, they're, play close games. they're not playing William and Mary mostly Mary. I mean, they're they're playing legitimate. Well, for, first of all, they're in the Big East, so the right Big off the bat, you got home and conference. Yeah, and so, that's the best women's conference, coach, because Rutgers, Notre Dame, Villanova, those are all really good women's basketball mm-hmm. programs. Wow, sixty-eight out of seventy, Paul, not within ten points. The Paul's awesome. So. Yeah, that, that is highly impressive. We'll see if I'm hoping for someone to pull an upset and knock them off, but you certainly have to respect uh, the UConn team, even though their coach continues to be a royal pain in the backside, Gino Orioma. But, what are you uh, talking about? I love the guy, seriously. Yeah, I'm glad seriously, somebody no, does. No, seriously, coach, he gave me an extended warranty on the snake oil he sold me. <laughs> That sounds about right. Uh, moving to uh, the, the men's front, college basketball front, big dog tournaments continue. One of my favorite, uh, Conference tournament starts tonight. That's the Missouri Valley Conference. I would love to be in the beautiful city of St. Louis today and go to Thursday's quarterfinal matches, Friday's semifinals, Saturday the championship, the MVC, an example of some of the great conference play that's going on. But uh, we talked about a couple of days ago, my friend, the madness of March has begun. Some team season already over. Uh, your early thoughts of some of the conference games. I know the fine city of Chicago did not fare well with Loyola and UIC out early. Yeah, not good, not good. But I, I got to tell you something. What I love about college basketball is just what I'm about to say, and also what I hate about college basketball is what I'm about to say is, Coach, my love of University of Illinois has me rooting for Northern Iowa in this particular tournament, in the Missouri Valley Tournament, Coach. That's just how crazy. I, I mean, I love basketball, Coach. And Illinois is on the bubble big time. Mm-hmm. And they have to have make sure there's as many openings uh, what do you call it? Uh, yeah, openings as as possible. So, I, Northern Iowa has to win the the Missouri Valley Conference. Does anybody else got an automatic bid? Do you think out of the Missouri Valley coach this year? Not this year. Not okay. this year. And what you're talking about for some of the folks maybe that aren't totally ingratiated into the collegiate basketball world is when they have these conference tournaments. If a surprise team comes up and wins the tournament, they take a spot among these 64. Actually, it's 65 teams in the big dance. Yeah. So the less, for your standpoint, if you're an Illinois fan, the less surprise teams that take spots, the better chance for your beloved bubble-bound Illinois fighting Illini. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I just wanted you had to let me know if there was any other Missouri Valley, because I would have rooted for that team, too, because Northern Iowa was definitely going. So mm-hmm. I, I'm a diehard Illinois fan. I, I bleed the orange and blue. So I've been like, I, I, I watch games, and you know normally I'll see a number four taking on a non-unranked team. And now I'm rooting for, uh, you know what I would do for the unranked team. I always root for the underdog. But now that Illinois' Peter Totter might not be able to get in, mm-hmm. I have to root for all those mid-teams to lose. And 
I gotta tell you something. It's taking up way too much of my time, coach. Every single time. I'm, 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 I was legitimately on my phone for like five hours last night. I thought it was like an hour, and then I looked up. I'm like, it's like two thirty in the morning. Mm-hmm. Trying to figure out the scenarios Illinois needs in order to get it. Yeah, look at the bright side. It's a lot less expensive than your previous hobby, which was phone sex. So you know, this way you're you're still wasting the time, but you get a lot more money, big dog. So you're you're taking a step in the right direction. I think your eight step program. It may not be working perfectly, but you're halfway there. Well, it's funny, Coach, because I was actually on because I had my Palm Pilot Uh-oh. and I had my handheld. Oh, I was no. going through. I was going through the Palm Pilot, mm-hmm. looking for particular NCAA matchups, and then I was also <laughs> paying this other girl on another phone to ignore me. Wow! Five hours. You were two fisted, two handed yeah. yesterday. Yeah. It's almost like you were cheating on the Creighton Blue Jays. Yeah. Look. <laughs> Yeah. By the way, Creighton, a normal, uh, normally one of those automatics from the Missouri Valley Conference. Yeah, a six... consistent team. They'll go seven out of ten years, Coach. Yeah, but they're 16 and 14 this year. They're not going to take up a spot. The Missouri Valley Conference, a lot of good teams, but nobody there that's uh, automatic outside of NIU, Northern Iowa. Okay. So I'm going to just have to keep on rooting for Northern Iowa when this, mm-hmm. uh, when this tournament starts, mm-hmm. Coach. Uh, a couple of good regular season games played yesterday, and again, you know, Bill Self kind of Bothers both of us as an ex-Illini coach. He left the Illinois to leave for Kansas, but uh, another big victory for the Jayhawks. They knock off number four ranked Kansas State. Big dog. Talk about that game. 82-65. Big win for the Jayhawks. And Notre Dame, the fighting Irish basketball team have risen from the dead on senior night without Lucas Heron Gody. They beat Connecticut. How about the Irish? Yeah, the Irish, that's another team. They have played their way back into the tournament. They're battling the Illini for a spot, and right now are ahead of Illinois for a spot, I, I have to admit. Uh, so hopefully things are going to change on in that part. And we talk about Kansas. They played themselves. They are number one seed. It is over with. They're number one seed yeah. after that win over Kansas State. Even if they get upset in the Big 12 tournament, I think yeah, you're right. Yeah, if they get big, uh, upset yeah. in the Big 12 tournament, they, you know, home mm-hmm. home. They're a number one team. They, they've got like 28 wins. They're the outright Big 12 champions. They had a great season. They're number one seed. Yeah, I would completely agree. Six consecutive years, by the way. Big 12 conference, pretty darn good, if not the top basketball conference in the top three, and it's been for a while. Six consecutive years the Kansas Jayhawks have won or tied for that conference, Big Dog. Pretty impressive. Pretty impressive for the fine folk from Kansas. That's that's incredible because the the Big 12 during that time has been the second or third best conference in America Mm -hmm. during that time. Because, you know, Big East, and then Big Ten, Big Twelve, right in there, you know. So or ACC, you know. So it's been in the third or fourth best conference in America during that time. That's that's incredible, coach. Has there been any conference uh, up in the top three that doesn't have big in front of it? Uh, the ACC. Thank the you. Pac Ten. Not the not the big not the big ACC. And then the SEC. All right, we're taking a quick break. Randy Myers, our producer, by the way, our regular producer, David Olson. He will be back next week. We still. Do not know. We've been uh, inquiring all week of A, it was uh, a mandatory week off for psychological training or psychological recovery. B, if he in fact has been suspended or C, if he is on well-deserved vacation. We're not sure, but we do know he's off this week. Randy Myers, our producer, doing a great job. We'll take a quick break. Final segment, Big Dog and the Coach. Two guys at a mic. Phone lines are open. 888-463-6748. Join us. Back in a minute.
time to get back to Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. And we do welcome you back. Final segment here for the uh, TalkZone.com Thursday edition. I uh, want to remind everybody, Mark Carmen who was in uh, fairly often the first two, three weeks we did this show. Mark Carmen going to be in tomorrow. Big Dog, I know you have a day off. You'll be enjoying a three-day weekend celebrating. Are we at the midway point of Lent? I know you always celebrate halfway uh, through Lent. Have we, have we hit that point yet? Yeah, it's been very difficult for me, Coach, this particular Lent. Uh, we we have not hit the halfway point. Yeah, we did hit. No, we have not hit the halfway point yet. Okay. No, yeah, well, it is. It is. It is. Halfway through. It's very difficult for me. I gave up giving up things this year, and I'm telling you, it's been very difficult for me to make it through. Okay? <laughs> I've been, like, shaking. I'm like, i got to give something up. And I'm like, no, I already gave up giving up something. And it's, <laughs> I, it's, it's, it's so not people... only is it difficult, it's confusing. <laughs> so people think, you know, on, on the front, you think, oh, this guy's just being a smartass. And that's probably the basic true story. But when you think about it, the tradition of Lent is that you have to give up something all through your Catholic ordained life, you've had to give up something. So now this year you threw a curveball on the outside corner of the plate. You're giving up, giving up something in what looks initially, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, like a pretty, uh, you know, humorous thing to do is actually pretty tough to do. It's hard to give up, giving up. Yeah, I, I never meant it to be humor. I really meant it, you know, to be, you know, like way back in the day when I grew up in the St. Scholastic Church here in uh, in, in Woodridge, Illinois, and you mm-hmm. can look back at how, how disgusting that place was. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I figured it was a, a tradition. You know, I'd keep it up, Coach, but <laughs> my goodness. Oh, goodness. The big dog will be out to tomorrow looking for a job. His last job, Randy, he really um, performed well. I don't know what happened and uh, had, had some differences with the, with the boss the a little room. bit. But the bottom line, and Joel told the guy, you know, at the end of the day, Joel said, at the end of the day, I did a pretty good job. And the boss agreed with him. The boss said the only problem was in the middle of the day and in the beginning of the day, you stunk. And that's why Joel is now doing sports talk radio on a uh, sports Internet station that is heard by thousands across the country. Yes. Luckily, all that has has transpired for me. So be careful next time you say at the end of the day, you did a good job. Thank you very much. Uh, All right. Uh, Baseball. Exhibition games. Anything exciting to report? Big Dog, I know you're a huge baseball fan. Cubs guy, Sox guy. Yesterday we had... Uh, collegiate baseball player Justin Weiner filling in on the show did a tremendous job. But your thoughts one week into spring training, and I guess the games for the Chicago teams begin today, do they not? Yeah, it's not like, I mean, who cares whether you win or lose? <laughs> just, you know, get through it healthy, I guess, is the, is the main thing. But, uh, you know, you just look for your typical same stories. There's a couple things from when you're a Cub fan is, you know, uh, who's, which pitcher's arms hurt, you know, who's, which players are complaining about their off-season injuries and the same people that you would suspect that oh, all that stuff's going to happen is Alfonso Soriano not ready, all this other stuff. Uh, and then you also have to find out, you know, who's the next future phenom. You know, uh, for the for the Cubs, it's uh, Sterling Marlin. You know, people are going to start at shortstop already. Can you move Terrio to second? I mean, that's how, you know, the guy has a couple good swings and batting practice on March 2nd, and people are all, all of a sudden turning him into the next Derek Jeter. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, that stuff just cracks me up. The White Sox, I can't think if they have one of those, like, next young phenom superstars. I think they have, like, a Cuban kid that was too fat last year that played yeah, third. It's, I was thinking he, he was last year's potential superstar, didn't pan no, out no, so Gordon well. Gordon Beckham was that guy, and he actually got into the lineup and ended up being, he's Jesus. Yeah, Seriously. but he... <laughs> 
<laughs> but even before him, the, uh, the, the Cuban sensation, I want to say Diane Vesado. I wish I knew his name, Coach. I'm probably I, mispronouncing his name, but third remember, baseman. Ozzy wouldn't call him by his name. He kept on calling him like the fat dude, like El Gordito or something <laughs> like that. Remember, he would not call him by his name. Uh-huh. Not and real comforting. Funny. Not real comforting if you're 19 years old. You come over to the country from another country, and you're oh. trying to make your Major League Baseball team, and the coach uh, in the native language, by the way, is calling you the fat dude. Yeah. Uh, he's probably all excited. Oh, Ozzy! You know, like uh, he he speaks my language. I'll have a skipper with my own language. He gets there, and all of a sudden, hey, hey, what's up, skipper? Hey, Gordita, get the hell out of my face! You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> and welcome to Major League Baseball. How are you? Yeah, well, yeah, he hasn't been welcomed yet, Coach. <laughs> yeah, well, he'll be welcomed as soon as he hits about 320. Hit 250 in the minor leagues. Now, the uh, guy for the Cup, boy, he's getting a lot of publicity. Shortstop. 19 years old. No matter what they say, he can go and field the ball, Coach. And you know how I feel about that. Mm-hmm. If they if they can get a guy that can field the ball and he hits 250 and can steal 30 bases and is just a slap-happy net, I have no problem with that. Please, I will take that in a heartbeat. And if he can also be a guy supposedly that can hit 300 and steal 40 bases, you know, and all of a sudden be a little bit more than a net, be one of those pesky guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be just a dream come true. The Cubs have never, if they can get like a Louis Aparicio or something like that, the Cubs have never, ever had anybody like that. They had Don Kessinger for a couple years. He couldn't hit a lick, but they were good. They had winning records when Don Kessinger was at short because if you have a good fielding shortstop and a good fielding second baseman, I don't know why, but pitchers all of a sudden become a lot better than they used to be, Coach. Strong defense up the middle, no question about it. That's the uh, the old adage, and you know what? It still applies to today. And Ozzie Guillen's kind of of that philosophy, too, for his White Sox. Is they've gotten rid of some of their big power hitters. He's in a little little bit of a disagreement, big dog, with, uh, with his general manager on the philosophy, but they're going back to defense. Small mm-hmm. ball, hitting behind the runner, bunting, singles, maybe doubles, not so many home runs. Ozzie is convinced that's the way you win in current Major League Baseball. Coach, trust me, and I don't ever want to get this confused because I'm so adamant about how I feel about it. I love three, four, and five hitters that can hit the ball in the ballpark. But, you know, that's all beautiful. But everybody else on your team, if you really want to win, needs to be able to make a lot of contact, run the bases, and catch the baseball. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's exactly how you should build your team. And hopefully your three, four, and five hitters are your left fielder, your first baseman, and your third baseman. Mm-hmm. You know, because you can get away with a little bit average defense there. Well, I, also- I think here's the key for your three, four, and five hitters. And, again, you're listening out there on the uh, TalkZone.com. You want to join us, talk about your favorite baseball <laughs> team, what's going on, paint a picture in your spring training, some of the key Things, maybe something humorous that's happened, a couple of key players to keep an eye on. I uh, love the talks of baseball here on a beautiful sunny day in uh, cold Chicago. 888 the number 888-463-6748. Here's the key, dog, for your three, four, five hitters. If, if he can hit home runs, okay, and not yeah. two things, two things, and not be super slow on the bases and just clog up the base, and two, strike out a lot. Yeah, then exactly. you've got a legit three, four, Absolutely. five hitter. But if you get, you know, the power hitter that strikes out a lot, and when he does get on base, clogs up the bases, that almost kills a little bit of the effectiveness of the power hitting. Yeah, you, you know what, Coach? We we really should run a baseball team. I, I'm serious. We yes. really should because I think we actually get it. it. It's so funny. Like the Mariners, they started spending money on the Richie Sexons and the Adrian Beltrans of the world, and all of a sudden, their great team they had that was all fast. 
and great defense, they got rid of those guys, and all of a sudden, instead of winning 116 games like they did that one season, mm-hmm. they started losing 100 games a year. What a surprise. And they, oh, we got all this money from winning that, so we're going to go mm-hmm. spend it on all these big boppers. You know, it, it's funny, but like Orlando Cabrero makes like $2 million a year, and everywhere he goes, teams win. Because he, he and I'm not serious, it's just funny that you can get away with a cheaper team nowadays that has a better chance to win if you really look at how you should construct your ball club. You don't have to spend $200 million and have all these guys that are supposed to be third and fourth hitters that clog up your bases and mm-hmm. a bunch of pitchers that, you know, strike out 250 yeah. guys a year, but they miss five or ten starts because their arms hurt. Mm-hmm. Get guys that throw strikes, get guys that catch the ball. Those guys are cheaper, and somehow you end up winning. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, future baseball general manager Joel Radwanski talking to us. It sounds simple, pretty basic, but you know what? A pretty successful philosophy. I don't think you have to overthink it. Maybe, you know, the old story, you can get too caught up in it. You can't see the, what's the expression? You can't see the forest through the trees? Yeah. Or you can't see the trees through the forest. I always get confused with that expression. But it's very true. I think sometimes people from the outside have a better perspective than people that are so wrapped in it 24-7. What you say? Simple advice would work for almost every Major League Baseball team. Sometimes the simplest thing, not the easiest to do, though. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. And uh, and it's, it's the Yankees, they understand, Coach, you know, because they, they have the money, and yet they all the, every time they throw money at people and, like, big-name people, the boppers and stuff, it never pans out. But when they, like, spend it on pitching yep. and they get guys that can field the ball, they end up winning, you know, so. When they had Bernie Williams in center field and Paul O'Neill in right field, a couple of guys, good examples of guys, maybe not 50 homers, but they both – hit for power, they could drive it into the alleys, they weren't super speed, they could both run, they were good defenders, and they had good betting on They didn't strike out a lot. Recipe for success, and they won a couple of World Series with those guys. Yeah, Posada, Jeter, Brocious, Martinez, yeah, none of them them hit 30 home runs. They Mm -hmm. all hit in their 20 home runs. I almost forgot about World Series MVP, third baseman with the high forehead, Scott. Brocious. So uh, the fact that the, the White Sox are legitimately making a concerted effort to do that, you know, that's really good for them. Because if you look at their pitching coach, their pitching is so phenomenal that if they catch the ball, if the White Sox players can catch the ball behind them, all they got to do is just figure out a way to scrap off four or five runs a game, Mm -hmm. and they'll win 100 games, coach. And it is, they don't. And so they don't have to sit back and wait for the three-run homer. If they can, if they can figure out a way to just manufacture runs and be consistent every day, mm-hmm. that team could be uh, the second-best team in the American League. And you know, if that happens, you get into a playoff series against the mm-hmm. Yankees, and anything can happen. Emailer, you know I mean? um, emailer Colonel Manders wants to know, Big Dog, uh, Bobby Jenks has lost weight. Are you worried the weight loss? And he says in parentheses, same thing with Zambrano is going to hurt their pitching. In other words, the uh, the pitchers that had a little bit of belly behind them, all of a sudden you lose weight, you start getting fit. Do they lose, A, some of their intimidation? Good question from emailer Colonel Manders. And, B, do they lose some of the speed on their fastball? Sometimes losing weight maybe not the best thing. That, that's actually a, a great question. And I, I like the fact that Zambrano is more fit. Okay, okay. Coach? He's, he's a starter. He's supposed to... He's supposed to throw 100, 120 pitches a game. Hopefully most of those are strikes because he's not laboring out there because he's out of breath. That's why Zambrano has problems throwing strikes because the guy's out of shape. Mm-hmm. With Jenks, though, he only has to throw one inning. 
So I don't worry <laughs> about him throwing 15 pitches and being out of breath at the end of 15 pitches. Uh-huh. So, and there was a little bit of an intimidation factor. Definitely. When, when your manager can walk out to the mound and throw his hands to the side, like, get get the big dude. That says something to somebody, okay? <laughs> I, 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 you know, if you see a fat guy on the mound, if you see Terry Forster out there for four or five, you know, at bats, uh-huh. it's all right. But if you see Terry Forster once, you're like, God, look how fat that dude is. It does play into the hitter's mind, okay? Especially a fat guy with a goatee like Bobby Jenks uh, doned last year. My point is this. Freddy's Sandwiches. It's right by, it's right by USA USB or Bobby okay. Jenks, mm-hmm. Okay. One before, and then when you're on the way home, king-size breaded steak sandwich with extra peppers uh, from uh, Rico Benny's, okay? Mm-hmm. Every day. Get back on the regiment, Bobby Jenks. We need your fat, big boy. Okay? <laughs> little protein and carbo loading for a Bobby Jenks. Uh, no, no, uh, very little protein. That's mostly uh-oh. just saturated fat and carbs. <laughs> I can see your concern for his overall health. As long as he gets batters out, if he has a heart attack in the offseason. <laughs> have, you, have you seen Eastbound and Down, Coach? Uh, I you you were the one who told me to tune into that show. It was outstanding. Well, Bobby Jenks is very similar to yep. uh, Kenny. To the, the, what was his name? Kenny. Uh, yeah, Kenny uh, Powers. Kenny yep, Powers. Kenny Powers. So that's my point, Coach. I I liked him better when he was fat. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, apparently he's given up drinking. Given up his post game beverage, which he had one, two, or seven after each of the games. So he's given up, uh, given up on the beer a little bit. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Pitching expert Joe Radwanski saying the loss of weight could be a problem. That is horrible. You know what, you know what the, the number one thing a closer has to have in order to be great coach? Well, number one thing is location. You got to be able to throw strikes. Yep. The number two thing, you know what the number two thing they need is a short memory. Nothing better than creating a short memory than being a drinking beer when you just get blown up by the Twins for eight runs in the Mexico for two consecutive games. I never thought of it that way. Short memory, you got to forget. If you had a bad outing, you got to come right back out and forget Drink about it. Away. Everybody talks about that, and I never thought of the connection, but uh, some basic drugs or possibly overuse of alcohol will increase your yeah. uh, short-term loss of short-term memory. Absolutely. <laughs> I wish I had a nickel for every time I heard that. <laughs> and medical expert Joel Rodwanski there. So if any kids are listening to today's show, by the way, shame on you. Shame, shame on you. Get back in school. By the way, there are kids listening to today's show because I think there's some three, four-day weekends going on. We had parent-teacher conferences yesterday, Big Dog. Yeah, okay. Well, ooh, okay. Uh-oh. Well, okay. Big all problems. the kids out there, we were joking. And the reason why you would, wouldn't have a short-term memory is because if you drink alcohol, it makes you stupid just to all the kids mm-hmm. out there well yeah and to my we kid who joking, but we were like kidding hey if you want to be stupid and not remember stuff drink alcohol kids okay and to my particular son after that parent teacher conference who apparently is celebrating the end of his junior high years he's already got spring fever and we're in the middle of february after the parent teacher conference yesterday joel's short-term memory might be one of his better options i just hope he doesn't drink to induce it hey coach uh, i don't think you have to worry about um about the alcohol with that particular young son. Seriously. I hope But I am not kidding, and hopefully I don't cross the line here, but I'm serious. I think you might want to have the condom conversation with him. All right. Seriously. Thank I, you. I think it's time. I, I see your son. He's, he's, he's not shy. He's willing okay. to talk to a young lady. I'm okay? going to look up the condom conversation on the uh, Google and see what I come up with. All you're right. Gonna to, you're going to have to go into a store and buy, like, four different <laughs> sizes. 
trust me, the guy at the counter will be like, oh, you're having this conversation well, with your son, I hope, not your daughter. He you is know a, what I'm saying? He, That's what the guy will say. He is a growing young man. All right, Big Dog, uh, no no better time than to wrap up today's show, and I pardon the pun. <laughs> We're wrapping up the show. All right, uh, we, you're off tomorrow, so I'll talk to you Monday. Uh, have a great weekend, Big Dog. Uh, Coach, I will see you Monday. To everybody out there listening, have a very good one. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll do it again tomorrow. Mark Carmen in the house. Two guys at a mic. TalkZone.com. 10 o'clock to 11 every weekday. Randy Myers, our producer. Thank you so much. Have a great day, everybody.